What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Strange Happenings. Yo. Uh, it's been a, a week or so before we, uh, since we did a Strange Happening, so it's, it's good to be back in, in studio. Yeah. Uh, I am your host, Mikey, and I'm always the co-host, the bro host, Bub. Hello. And behind the scenes is always Stoner, <laughs> and we do have Sir Bro of Diz. Rocking it. Uh, rocking it, uh, making everything sound great, and Stoner's making everything look great. Yep. So we appreciate the hell out of those guys. And what's up, y'all? the chat flutz born not to run necro we see you guys uh we uh have a great ep- great episode i think tonight yeah we've got a, a diverse uh a, a diverse collection of, of things to go over tonight yeah um but uh you know as always we want to thank one thing i wanted to mention is we've been asking for people to review our show on apple podcasts and spotify yeah and uh they have been coming out in droves knocking it out yeah we have a we have quite a few reviews now so super super happy to see that thank Thank you to everybody that that uh sent us a a five-star review you guys are beautiful um that's amazing stuff but uh it's good to be back in studio dude yeah you know, we've had a busy we had last in, couple uh, weeks. Virtual in Florida. From the it's beach. been about three weeks for me. It's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, is. <clears throat> last week we had a, a few shoots. Uh, had a awesome shoot, a three day event that we covered, and then did a live stream for them. Yeah. And then covered a bunch of different. Uh, we were kind of popping all over town mm-hmm. with a little dot crew. Shout out to all the guys uh, that helped us out with that. Ryan Laverne, Cody. Uh, Stoner's little brother, and then Shawnee G, and Rich, and Dan, and uh, you know uh, Eric, all those guys killed it. Uh, and then we had a virtual event last week as well, so we were just kind of piled up with gigs and, and pretty awesome opportunities. Uh, and then I was out at Ohio Stadium throwing the jib around with TJ. Yeah, the last couple of days. Yeah, so, you've been busy. Uh, yeah, and we should. Uh, Probably do a little bit better job of uh, letting people know when, when we're. We we're, had some. We had some folks that were concerned doing a, what I like to call <laughs> as a wellness check, just to make sure that we were still uh, yeah. around and kicking as a show, and we are. And I think we tried to put out just a couple like small things on like Twitter and what have you, but we knew it wasn't going to be you know much longer than like a week or so. Yeah. Um, but we we you know we'll try to be good about being upfront about hey we're going to take a small break and. I expect, yeah, people tune out for a bit and then, you know, probably remember that we're coming back. But yep. wonderful to see everybody jumping in and uh, Stoner's dad and mom. Look yeah. at that. Yeah. We got uh, uh, awesome. Robin. What's happening? That's great. Stoner's dad. Burton. What's happening? Local legends. Yep. Shout out to all you guys. Who else is in there? <laughs> Firing it up. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, thanks to everybody that's listening, everybody in YouTube. Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening. Appreciate the hell out of you guys. Um, and, yeah, I'm good to go. You want to get started? Ready to rock. Yeah, let's yeah. do this. We start off pretty pretty explosive. Well, not explosive, I guess, but, you know, cattle mutilations. In Texas here recently, they had a uh, mysterious death of six cattles, uh, cattle. And, um, you know, always ties back to, is this UFOs? Is this extraterrestrials? You know, what's going on? But I just love the headline in quotes says, Quote, something strange is happening. <laughs> Clearly. So we had to <laughs> we had to put that one in here. But cattle mutilations, you know, have been around for a long time. Um, 
but the article, you know, just to paraphrase, goes on to say that uh, the mysterious death of six cattle in Texas has led to speculation about UFO activity. Uh, so the ranch owner and a veterinarian who examined the cattle are both puzzled by the deaths, and some locals believe that they may be linked to a strange light um, or set of lights that had been seen in the area. So Madison County Sheriff's Office released a statement last week saying on two of the five cows, quote, circular cuts were made removing the anus and the external genitalia. Damn. The circular cut was made with the same precision as the cuts noted around the jaw lines of each cow. Well, these were huge in the 90s. Cattle mutilations was Damn. on 60 Minutes, hard copy, you name it. Linda Moulton Howe is like one oh, of the yeah. most... Oh, yeah. Renowned research. And a lot of it was in Arizona, New Mexico, Skinwalker Ranch, of course. Yeah. Always had cattle mutilations connected. Um, But, you know, all of a sudden cattle mutilations are happening again. Maybe they never stopped. Well, but crazier part, they said there was no disturbance. It didn't look like there was a struggle with the cattle. Um, Nothing looked disturbed. There were no footprints or tire tracks, you know, noted in the area. Now, um, if your genitalia and anus is being laser cut with precision, you think there'd be a bit of disturbance? I'm, I'm thinking they're getting just tranked. Damn, dude. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Beamed up and just hypnotized or tranked. That too, or just tranquilized, yeah. I mean, And, and then just plop back down. Yeah, well, like say, okay, in uh, Missing 411, the UFO connection where the hunters talk about elk being lifted off these mountains. Oh, God, and, yes. Right? Yeah. So there's eyewitness accounts of well, this Well, wasn't too. there a cow too? I don't know. Or I wasn't didn't, an elk? It, well, I think it was an elk being lifted off of them yeah. or a sheep or something like that, like something that was just roaming wild. Yeah. But ca- yeah, cattle mutilations. They've been around for a long time, um, you know, it, but this also ties into the whole, like, is there that whole uh, agreement with the with the greys that we made that they're allowed to take so many humans and, and, the DNA, and animals every year? And, yeah. You know, yep. they don't abide by this pact and we've kind of let Eisenhower. Loose. Yeah. Eisenhower's pact yeah. 54 or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? I mean, like you said, the cattle mutilations have been around for a long time. They were really popular. I won't say popular, but maybe more reported on. Do you? Because I don't see that many articles no, talking no. about this anymore. No. Or is it just something where people just don't report it anymore? It could be. It could be. You know? Yeah. I mean, a lot of this stuff, you don't hear about people getting abducted as much either. Like abductee what? stories. Okay, here's the thing. Um, What's like the, the explanation? If it's, if it's not something, and I won't even say it's aliens, maybe it's just, you know, maybe it's a black ops training for military programs. Who the fuck knows, right? Yeah. Whatever it is. Why are you going down, and why is your objective to laser cut the anus and genitalia and the face? And what is the—why the certain areas, I think, would be interesting as far as, like, a categorization. Why those? Why was such— it's always like the eyes, around the eyes, around the lips, like the sides of their faces will be precision wow. cut. Does that make uh, any sense to you? Yeah. I mean, what's what's any what's, guess. The, what's the uh, take from that? Like, okay, it's tissue, but... Harvesting DNA, harvesting uh, tissue samples, you know, if, if they're, they're studying, they've got big giant laboratory somewhere up in a, in a mothership somewhere where they're just... You know, nabbing all kinds of people and cattle and fox yeah. and whatever kind of animals, elk. Yeah. I don't know. Doing some side, some type of research. Well, we do, the or same maybe thing. they're just taking care of the zoo. 
Maybe they're just making, you know, pruning and checking in on the health. And Yeah. Anywho, well, I'm sure we'll have more of these articles to come in, you know, the next few years, weeks, months, what have you. Like, it's not, I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Um, am I doing this next one too? The, yes. The, okay. Yep. So next one we have is kind of like, a, you know, following the theme of the whole Last of Us. It's fairly popular right now if you haven't watched that, but. It's a wild article from ScienceAlert.com that says plant fungus infects human in first reported case of its kind. So and what researchers suggest is the first reported case of its kind. A 61-year-old Indian mycologist appears to have contracted a rather serious disease, uh, or, or sorry, serious case of silver leaf disease in his own throat, providing a rare example of a pathogen seemingly making an enormous leap across entire kingdoms in the tree of life. He visited a medical center with a cough and a hoarse voice, fatigue, and difficulty swallowing. So he did a CT x-ray scan of his neck, and they revealed a pus-filled abscess next to his trachea. Oh, God. So lab tests failed to find any bacteria of concern, but a special staining technique for fungi revealed the presence of long, root-like filaments called hyphae. Though a mycologist himself, the patient couldn't recalling couldn't recall having worked with this particular species recently. His fieldwork had brought him into contact with decaying material and other plant fungi, potentially explaining the source of his infection. So while bacterial species of superbug and novel viruses emerging from animal populations regularly get our attention, we rarely give much thought to plant disease in our midst. That's wild. Mm -hmm. That's the whole premise of Last of Us, dude. Yeah. That fungus can infect humans. And then it does, like... In is this show, is this it's a some, road uh, cordyceps, right? Is, yeah, but is the, is this the um, soft disclosure? We need like an alert, like when there's soft disclosure, like Jay from the Smithsonian. Well, fungus is alien. <clears throat> they think the spores hits, hitched a ride on asteroids. So I wouldn't doubt probably it. the oldest alien on Earth is certain forms of fungus. It, it's a wild. Their thought. spores can live in any kind of condition. Super heat, extreme cold. The spores just like if they're down in a crack in a meteor, they can go and land on a planet and just start if there's moisture, you know, whatever it needs to live. Well, but think, it's the most robust life form. Think about that tying into the McKenna stuff of like the stoned ape theory and things like that, though, of like if you want to accelerate a species, you send this. Neurochemical. This intelligent species of, of fungus. Yeah. That can come here and live. And like you're saying, I mean, that's a intergalactic FedEx package that you can ship just about anywhere. Or a fungus that you eat and then you can go meet the aliens. That too. Which we'll, we'll get into we'll, that. We'll get, we'll get down the road on that one too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that's interesting because, you know, I think we're just finding out so much right now about... Um, mycology, the study of mushrooms in general, yeah, uh, you know, on the, on the, um, psychedelic and therapeutic side of it, but also just on the other side of just fungus and its actual ecosystem of how, how it operates, how it builds, how it grows, how it communicates. Mycelium networks, it's, sending it's really information chemically to telling you tree roots. You're going to get one of these helmets that the when World you put Wide it on, Web. it's just like this big it's jelly wet helmet and you're going to put on this mushroom helmet. Well, Paul Stamets has a mushroom helmet. But it's going to, like, connect you to a supercomputer in the future. And oh. You're going to, like, talk to this mushroom entity. Right. Well, we're we're inching in that direction. <laughs> I, 
I mean, it's gonna that's, look like one of the guys from Spaceballs. That's with one a of those film big that hasn't on. been done yet. What's that? The, that movie that you're talking about. Well, Let's go there. Well, that premise that you're talking about—that's a movie that hasn't been made. Let's do like Noah, Mushroom but the AI intergalactic. Computer. We'll do like the intergalactic arc. We'll have to get two Sasquatch on there, two Mothmen. It'll be the inter- intergalactic arc of cryptids <laughs> flown by the mushroom wet <clears throat> wet computer. Three O-ring pandek. Well, you need because they're so small. We can fit a couple more on. Just saying, you can't leave O-ring out of the picture. Forgot about O-ring pandek. Sorry, <laughs> put a couple of him on there too. Um, but yeah, that's. I mean. Fungus is in the news a lot lately. That's what I yeah. guess I'm trying to get at, too. And not just in one avenue. It's in so many different disciplines and it's aspects the biggest of health study and craze research. right now. The biggest health Huge. craze with, with um, reishi, cordyceps, lion's mane. Yep. Um, people are selling these mushroom blends and mushroom coffee. Yeah. I mean, it's really, really popular. It's really, really good. I mean, I have the sacred mushroom uh, powder. That you can put in, put on just about anything, and you start taking that stuff for a month or so, you feel sharp mentally. Yeah, it it does. There's something about that it's with, tunes with you up, focus. Yeah, tightens everything up a little bit. Yep, I agree. Um, but it's like anything you got got to get on a, a like a habit of of taking it all the time. Right. Um, hey, I see Tim, big influencer. Yeah. What's up, Tim? What's happening? Hey, Jay Lamb. What's happening, dude? Um, Maybe they just want a good steak. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, anything else on this one? No, that is that is the finality. Cool. You are you are on deck. All right, let's do this. Well, these were huge in the nineties. Was that me? Was yeah. On si- yeah, that was me. What happened? I don't know. It was weird. Was that me talking? <laughs> I don't even know how you did that. That was cool. That was a podcast, I think, that I had open. Um, so we got... Scientists finally solved the mystery of how the Mayan calendar works. This is a popular mechanics article. Uh, the Mayan calendar... It, 819-day cycle has confounded scholars for decades, but new research shows how it matches up to planetary cycles over a 45-year span. That's a much broader view of the tricky calendar than anyone previously tried to take. Two Tulane University scholars highlighted how researchers never could quite explain the 819-day count calendar until they broadened their view. Although prior research has sought to show planetary connections for the 819-day count, its four-part color directional scheme is too short to fit well within the uh, syndotic periods of visible planets, the study authors write. By increasing the calendar's length to 20 periods of 819 days, a pattern emerges in which the syndotic period of all the visible planets commensurate with station points in the larger 819-day calendar. While ancient Mayan culture offered various calendar types, the one that baffled scholars the most was the 819-day calendar discovered in glyphic texts. Researchers have long believed that this calendar was associated with the planetary movements, especially the syndotic periods, when a planet appears visually to return to the same location in the sky as it's seen from Earth. 
of key points on the planets. Now, however, each planet moves quite differently, and matching up <coughs> multiple planets into an 819-day span didn't seem to make much sense. But it does when you look at it over 16,380 day, which is roughly 45 years, not just the 819 day. That's a total of 20 819 day timelines. Now, that's the wobble. That's the procession of the equinox. They marked that calendar was like the 14,000, 16,000 day calendar. Okay. Um, so they have, you know, you see pictures of that Mayan calendar. Yeah. And it looks like wheels, like a cogs in a wheel. Like the big one spins the smaller one. Right. And the way that they have it's like it. like a celestial, It's like a you know, 4D motor. calendar yeah. that's tracking super, super, super long periods of time. Like the procession of the equinox. Sorry, that's like thousands of years, not 14,000 days. That's my bad. Um, but that's like the long count is tracking. Like how did they track thousands of years in a calendar and the way that the glyphs kind of line up and how all of these calendars come together that's where you know all the the predictions of being able to predict things Mm -hmm. and those mayan astronomers uh astrologers were just i mean you're talking about 4d chess versus playing you know connect four right or something right like not you're not even playing that's checkers. what i'm saying but that, that's where it's like maybe you know how, how, how sometimes people can just look at things and they understand the patterns in a different way and maybe they are seeing it in different almost dimensions of time but how long you got to look at the sky to see that oh the planet i don't know all because the I don't way know. back around here's saturn again and it's in this right but i don't know 119 day I don't know because I don't know how, how it actually goes on tracking that, but do you need to watch the entire procession to be able doing. to calculate the movements of it? Or could you say it was here and then it was here? You don't. And right. I know that— Nobody could live 16,000 years. That's what I'm saying. 14, so somehow years, yeah. they're they're looking at that and they're able to— Yeah. Or it's passed down and a lot of that you know knowledge is, is oral tradition history and then like um, say with like the spirals and the serpents and mm-hmm. different— uh, Archaeoastronomy, you know, calendars like Heather talked about in the episode, like Jeff talks about with Serpent Mound. Yeah. Um, a lot of different areas. And this kind of goes to that as well. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of obsession with time. Can we do it now? I, you know, I mean, ours is so basic compared to ancient astrologers ever, and there, astronomers and people that were. Does that ever blow your mind? Why did, why, what, where did it come? That why like, did we settle on the Gregorian calendar? Why did we settle on needing to track time? What? Well, if time's an illusion, it, you gotta it get, is because you got to be productive. You got to get work done. You got to get <laughs> shit done. You got to build freaking pyramids. You got to know what time to milk the cows. You got to know what time to plow the fields. You got to know what time well, it is for okay, dinner, supper. Okay, okay, in that essence, you know, I clock agree. in for work. Now we use time saying, as a way to basically distract ourselves. That's what I'm saying. I so constantly we used to have to go like right now. I better get going because I got to go pick up my kids from school or right. You but know, that's what I'm saying. Like, but. It used to be, say, if you needed to know, as say, I'm going to use Native Americans in the U.S. as an example of, you need to know when herds are moving. You know, they had the the, the story we did about the um, cave art, where it was like tracking herds and stuff. They figured yeah, it out. Yeah. The the amateur archaeologist, the guy was like a woodworker. He figured out that like they were tracking them and figuring out when they were having babies and this and that and everything. So I get that of like you need to know that time. 
But Native Americans weren't sitting around like, oh shit. No, it's that's seven what I'm saying. It's a modern day. Gotta go get to the hut and start. And I you think know, it, a lot of it the teepee. boils down to the creation, uh, the beginning of the industrial revolution. Sure. Where oh, we got to get to our job at the factory. Right. Were there factories before that? No. Punch that clock. People weren't punching clocks and going yeah. to work. People didn't have jobs. Right. Your job was living. Hey, you want to live today? Yes. Let's well, go. You got to make get enough food. money to live, right? Let's go make warm clothes. Let's go make a house. Let's. We got to get over here, over top of this ridge, because you know that's where the deer are. That's where the elk are. Right. You know, you're not sitting there going, "Oh, I need to pay my taxes no. to the IRS." No. That's just gonna, you know, where does the money? <laughs> you, you work and work and work. And it, we've been it's, talking about it's literally so much lately. Well, it's literally just a, a giant distraction to just keep everybody productive making shit yeah that's what we do we make things human beings make things yeah we're like on a large scale like a well you know, and a we worker also make and, stuff we build stuff to fail but we're compelled to make shit why is that we make all kinds of things and then I as you go the down that, that line, we're that intelligent that we, you know, it's it's like the manifest have, destiny of humanity in a certain way of like we're just so smart. We're the only things capable of building these rocket ships, and it's like, do we need to? Well, I that's what we should be putting more effort into is how do we figure out intergalactic travel? I would say before we go to another planet and possibly crazy just amounts of money on the shit out of it, wars that we shit. figure out how to live on this planet before we go <clears throat> screw up another one, right? Well, we're going to have to get off planet you know what because I mean? we're going to completely destroy this one. It'd be, it'd be like somebody where you're like, hey, look. Because of indru- the industrialization. It's the whole thing of this is why we can't have nice planet. things type sentiment. Right. This is why we can't have nice and things. And the aliens are here to make sure that we don't blow each other up right now. And possibly go off and, you know, <laughs> repopulate and, and make more trouble. I think that's part of it is they're kind of like the bouncers of the universe and the galaxy going, hey, <coughs> you guys better get yourselves in order before you start settling elsewhere. Because mm-hmm. there's all the, re, you know, uh, I won't say reports, but all the stories about when the Apollo missions were landing at the Sea of Tranquility, and they're like, there are things that were waiting for us there already. Oh, yeah. There oh, were for people, sure. There were, you know, ships mm-hmm. waiting in that crater. Yep. Like, basically a welcoming yeah. party. Like, we've been here. Yeah. There's bases up there. Supposedly. Which is why, supposedly, they never went back, too. Yeah. Or if they ever went. That's another, We're that's another article. We're I know, I know. track a little bit, but it's I know. fun. I derailed Hey, it. we haven't done an episode in a while. we got to talk a little shit. He said, wrecked them. <laughs> um, so... She quotes, rather than limit their focus to any one planet, the author writes, the Maya astronomers who created an 819-day count envisioned it as a larger calendar system that could be used for predictions Hello. of all the visible planets in synodic periods. There you go. Um, so, you know, to wrap that one up, the Mayans were so legit when it came to, and they weren't, again, they're not tracking time like we do. We use time to go to work and to do dumb shit. They were tracking Mm -hmm. time to, you know, expand the understanding of their knowledge of the cosmos. They were, they were were understanding their movement to go to work through the universe, get your kids to school on time. Yeah. And we've come like boiled and have clocks everywhere. They're not sitting around. The Mayans aren't sitting around going, Oh, it's five 30. Right. <clears throat> They're more interested in a fourteen thousand year 
cycle that the earth wobbles for some reason. That interested them more than, you know, and, and again, you're being present. It's you're involved in this super advanced astrology and astronomy. And those guys were expanding their culture. They were through being completely obsessed with whatever they were doing. They right. were getting to an advancement level. And maybe that was helping them understand building and geometry. And they were able to build all the pyramids. Maybe they're they're understanding of the calendars and, and be, being obsessed was able to really push forward their civilization as a whole. I don't know. I'm, I was, th- I would think if you're that moron, highly intelligent with that aspect of life, with just using basic visual aid, as well, far as no we know, lights. as far as we so know, you could just stare at the sky. I know, but I mean, it still takes a little bit of figuring out. Oh, I mean, yeah. I course. would think maybe not. But that's all maybe they did. it was so bright that, like, literally, you know how you it, see those time lapse photos where, like, the horizon just rolls over and they're mm-hmm. like, right there, that rock, set that up because that star hits right there. Mm-hmm. That aligns with it on this day for some reason. And this day is when this happens. So yeah. let's mark that star. Have you ever seen the Southern Cross when you're in Southwest I did. or Arizona? It's really, really wild. No, I saw it in New Zealand. In New Zealand? I had to, Interesting. Well, it, I saw an entirely different night you, sky in New Zealand. You can't see the Southern Cross in Ohio. No. But if you go to uh, New Mexico. I didn't so know that. So I went to the bathroom at Chaco Canyon in the, the campground. <laughs> did you come out? Late what night. The hell? And I had my headlamp on and I went like this. And on the canyon wall is a petroglyph of the Southern Cross. And I turned around, and sure as shit, it was perfectly aligned with that petroglyph right yeah. there. Yeah. There you like, go. That's pointing this way. It's just like going to it a— It was uh, right perfectly aligned, dude. Yeah. It's cool. That's a cool constellation, too. It is. I mean, it's really wild. And you notice it, and you're like, hmm, I've never— But it, it it's very, very, like almost like seeing the Big Dipper here in Ohio. Sure. Which is part of Draco. Very iconic, yeah. Um, but the Southern Cross like that. Absolutely. Down there is. where it yeah. just kind of blows your mind. It's I forgot about that. Now you say that because I actually that's when I first bought my camera and I was doing a lot of like long exposure time lapse and I would just right. set it and point it straight up at the sky. And yeah. I mean, we were up at um, like a dark that's sky fun, preserve. And but just the constellations and the bodies of not only that, seeing like I think they were called like dark star nebulas or what, mm-hmm. whatever they were because I was looking at a telescope See, when we were like at this reserve. Of it was a cloud plus. of black, basically. Yeah, yeah, and there yeah. was nothing there, no light. And she was like, oh, yeah, well, this is what this is, the um, the guide. I was like, I have no, I'm like, Dark matter yeah, or something? Yeah, it was something like that. I could not remember. But that was cool. Like, they had these laser pointers, man, that, you know, you can get some of those that are so powerful. They'll, like, pop a balloon. They're oh, that yeah. hot. Yeah, like, yeah. They'll, they'll pop it. So, like, she'd whip this laser pointer out, look, big green lights. And, yeah. be like, look like she was touching the stars with it. Just like this, mm-hmm. cause, you know, right. they're serious. And here's, you know, like, serious so is cool. cool. Serious is cool. It was neat. Because you can see Sirius A and Sirius B. Um, the Sirius is the dog constellation. But within that is the, the cluster of uh, several stars, which is Sirius A and Sirius B, which the Dogon. <clears throat> knew about for thousands of years before we right. actually discovered it with a telescope. Right. Um, it's a really wild, and I don't think you can see Sirius from Ohio. You got to move for that one. Anyways, we'll move on. 
Um, Go for it. The next one, archaeologists have uncovered, uh, so this is archaeonews.net, archaeologists have uncovered the first human representations of the people of mythical Tartessos. I've never even heard of Tartessos. Tartessos. Is it Tartessos? Tessos, Tessos. Tessos? Um, Tessos. I've never heard of it. Well, archaeologists representing the Spain's National Research Council excavating the sites of Casas del Turunello have uncovered the first human representations of the ancient Tartessos people. Given the scarcity of the Tartesian archaeological finds thus far, the ancient society is shrouded in mystery. The Tartessians are thought to have lived in southern Iberia, which is modern-day uh, Andalusia and Extremadur, uh, regards as one of the earliest Western European situ- uh, civilizations and possibly the first to thrive in the Iberian Peninsula. The first appeared in late Bronze Age and they're distinguished by the use of the now-extinct language known as Tartesian. The Tartessos people were skilled in metallurgy, metalworking. Uh, They created ornate objects and decorative items. Um, Here's some right here. This, uh, I guess it's a ceremonial mask or something. um, And in the 4th century BC, the Greek historian Ephorus described it as a prosperous civilization centered on the production and trade of tin, gold, and other metals. So they were metallurgists. That's really cool. Um, thought to, to be around 2,500 years old, uh, the five busts were discovered damaged, but two of which maintain a degree of detail in the first, and I guess those are the, it right there, um, which mean, maintain a great degree of detail, are the first human and facial representations of the Tartesian people that modern the modern world has ever seen. A team from Meridia's Institute of Archaeology believes two of the busts discovered in what is thought to be a shrine or a pantheon represent Tartesian goddesses, despite the fact that Tartesian religion was previously thought to be uh, Anononic, which is opposed to the use of idols or images. Oh. Uh, archaeologists believe that the two goddesses, along with the three other sculptures that were significantly more damaged, were part of a stone mural depicting four deities watching over Tartesian warrior as the one uh, is the one that's defaced bust as a helmet. So pretty neat. That's cool. Yeah. yeah nice little short one like there. That. But yeah, that's that's that one. Um, the next one we have is uh, DMT users are using AI to draw the strange beings they meet while tripping, and we kind of touched on this a little bit uh, when we were talking about mapping DMT worlds. And this is kind of piggybacking off that article we did, and this is a Vice.com article, um, and. So there's a bunch of photos here you can kind of see. And, you know, a lot of people are seeing these same kind of entities. Some people call them the angels, you know, are they aliens? Right. Are they right. some kind of a uh, – they can't be coming from your own mind if these yeah, – see, this is kind of like the Joker type imagery. Oh, or wow. A lot of people see these kind of – like Shane Mouse, the comedian – um, I don't know if I talked about it. looks like the Mad Hatter from uh, Alice in Wonderland. 
Yeah, I don't know if I talked about Shane Jeez. Mouse, but he he did a documentary where he basically just like tripped for a whole month. Yeah, and was rubbing like Syrian rue all over his skin. Jesus, which is an MAOI inhibitor. Yeah, and so he wasn't able to like his body was holding in all of the things he was taking, and it wasn't you know like coming out of his pores. Um, so he would see this kind of like this type of being here in this photo uh, that Stone has up, which is kind of like this purple gypsy woman. Yeah. Um, but it was a reoccurring entity, which a lot of people have reported this being as well. So is it coming from you? If other people are seeing it too, that's always the thing that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Are you creating it or is it actually there? And there's worlds like the Crystal Palace that a lot of people report on. Um, so in a new report by the Center of Psychedelic Research at Imperial College London, covering the extended state DMT trips where uh, intravenous DMT infusion keeps participants in the DMT world for longer than a normal trip. Uh, entity encounters became frequent in 10 minutes into the infusion. The same university previously published a paper based on thousands of entity encounters, finding the most interactions to be positive, involving benevolent, comforting, protecting, and outwardly caring interactions. Similarly, at John Hopkins, the even committed uh, atheist reported encountering autonomous entities and in interactions with oozed joy, trust, love, and kindness. Uh, now a veteran psychedelic research researcher associated with, a, uh, with MAPS, uh, David J. Brown has teamed up with artist Sarah Finn to catalog these entities in a new field guide, like an interdimensional kind of cryptozoology. That is incredible to me. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of folks that want to report the, <laughs> the, the I want to call them people. I don't know what else you can really call them. They seem to be alive. And not only that, but reports of people actually, uh, when your thoughts, a certain thought enters into the experience, it responds back and will feed back to you of maybe something that you needed to change about yourself. Right. Maybe you're only thinking about yourself and your ego's too inflated and you know right. th they'll make fun of you and make you feel kind of foolish. Put you in your place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give you a reset. Right. But you know, for the most part, people have these positive experiences. Um That's wild. And so self aware iron orbs, creatures with swappable Lego like limbs. And machine elves consistently of interacting geometric patterns. These are just a few inexplicable beings reported by people who have taken NN dimethyltryptamine, which is kind of your standard DMT. Then there's also the other, which is 505-MeO, which is right. typically found in the Sonoran Desert Frog, but yeah. it's the synthesized. Code. But that's just like pure white geometry. There's like nothingness. People report basically that, yeah. like you're dead. There is no visuals. There is just nothingness. And then out of that, a sense of one, oneness. But you kind of go into yeah. a void, which can really freak people out. You know what um, I think is always interesting to me is how they say, like, so it's like DMT and when you die, like your body floating it does. with that. But, okay, so if you take it to that effect and then say what we know about it is that it, you know, 
warps the perception of time. So when somebody's yeah, passing totally. away, that might feel like a lifetime. Right. So you hear people that are they live their whole on the table, life like being shocked back to life, or they're Rello. clinically dead and they come back me. to life. Um, they talk about how, you know, in that period of time, some of them, you know, it feels like they lived a whole life or they lived their whole right. life over almost. Like they could look at all their memories right. and do all this weird stuff. And it's like, is that what's happening? You're just getting your brain. You're just dosing yourself with it. DMT. We know that now. Right. Your body's As flooding Terrence you with McKenna this chemical. As Terrence McKenna says, we're all holding. Anybody that wants to understand DMT's that, just illegal, think about having a dream. But we're all holding, dude. Right, right. It's right here. Right. Just think about when you have a dream. You can't control that. You can't control what's going to happen when you, you know, your body is flooding. Like, that's wild. Yeah. When you when you're born, when you're dreaming, and when you die, supposedly your your brain uh, produces it from the pineal gland. They've studied it in rats. That's wild. Rats have very similar brain chemistry, and as we do, they found it in the pineal gland in rats. It's it's you know some people think the pineal gland. I mean, if you walk around Rome, there's giant statues of these pine cones. And weird shit like that that you'll see in in Maya, you'll see these pine cones in Rome, you'll see them in Egypt. But you know they're depicting the pineal gland. That's what that is. Yeah, okay, it's a sacred symbol. Um, You know, it's it's uh, be perceived as a pine cone. Okay, is the symbol of it. Um, But really, what they're telling you is that you know this is the the sacred gland. That brings you into the spirit world. All right. It's always been very, very highly regarded. Um, and some people think that maybe the pineal gland or that part of our brain actually had a lens on it. There was actually a, the third eye was actually like lizards or reptiles have lenses right, on right. their pineal gland. It's called a nictating membrane. Mm-hmm. So maybe at one time, but ours has kind of gotten smaller and smaller. And now it's just kind of this little thing. Well, and, and the diet and the must foods be. we eat, and if you got, I don't know, fluoride in the water is supposed to, whatever, to calcify your pineal gland over. Like, yep, that's the there's whole that whole thought, thing, yeah, yeah, of like, you know, it's it's intentionally like kind of dumbed down, maybe kind of like the Hollis guy with the whole like the pyramid of consciousness uh, suppression. The black pyramid, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So look at that in another sense of if, you know, if we do have this innate ability that we just kind of mute or dull by what we enjoy, I mean, it's an easy way of doing it. Yep. You know, shut yourself down. Yeah. Um, maybe so, that's why I'm not a big water guy. Maybe. So this says that people would see weird stuff when they trip is not exactly surprising, but it's remarkable is the re- regularity with which some of these strange characters appear. David, part of the problem is people going in and out of the experience so quickly even though the experience can be sometimes seem like it lasts forever, the peak is usually only five to ten minutes. So it's very hard to have an extended conversation with these beings. I think that with the extended state studies are going to allow for longer communication as it isn't really even possible to have an in-depth conversations with these beings from vaping and breaking up with a breakthrough dose. A breakthrough dose is three giant hits essentially um maybe they'll be able to teach us how to create time machines starships warp drives or other undreamed or or technologies that will then become obvious that they have an independent existence 
In terms of our book, we ask people, what did they tell you in their communications? Usually it's a few sentences that most, uh, sentences at most that we receive in their not long conversations. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people think, I mean, this is how religions start. Mm-hmm. You know, Moses in the burning bush, the acacia right. bush right. had a tons of DMT in that area. The acacia bush naturally holds DMT. Um, you know, were, was the burning bush a psychedelic experience where God's speaking to him through this crazy visual, this whole thing's happening up on this mountain? Um, I would know. think somebody in that time and era, if they were succumbing to something of that nature of hallucinogenic power, might Ezekiel interpret that as and the God. wheel. Uh, exactly. Right. So how many of these I mean, that's what was happening about? during the hippie movement, right? Like everybody was taking uh, hallucinogens and having like religious experiences. Yeah. And then they kind of went over the line and then— They went a bit too far. I, I, yeah, I think Alley Cat started going missing in San Francisco and stuff. Like it got wild. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a lot of meth that was rolling in the streets too. Jesus. People were getting a little loose with it, but um, yeah, I mean, with anything, it's got to be. I think the way that psychedelic research is heading now is is going to put us in a better place, mm-hmm. and it's. I don't think you're going to have those same mistakes as the '60s, where you know, I'll straight up tell kids like you don't want to go to a big festival or a big concert and just eat a bunch of acid and and eat a bunch of mushrooms and just lose your gourd like people <laughs> we know folks that have done that and people that have it's not a good idea yeah and it's like with, saying i'm gonna drink an entire bottle of tequila you don't want to do it right i mean I wouldn't yeah. recommend. But there's it. the more information, the safer it'll be. Yeah, and absolutely. Especially Instead of gay, yeah, they're, they're, keeping it locked down. They're keeping this. Uh, this these studies are really really interesting because, man, some of those these long form trips. I'm like, I'm really interested to see what uh, comes out of this. Oh yeah, I mean it's just an area that they're you know continually kind of pushing on and that forefront keeps growing as, you know, things keep getting approved. And we've got Australia now with uh, psilocybin and uh, MDMA Mm -hmm. therapeutic studies. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's work being done in the U.S. I want to say in Canada, like some of the more. Johns Hopkins. I mean, everybody's studying. I just think that medicine's at that level where they're ready to take a turn. And in two fashions. the pharmaceutical industry is a joke and everybody knows it. Well, I I think with, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. You're not going to see big companies well, go, quiet, go As quietly. Depression, anxiety, all these issues just get worse and worse in suicide. It's like you as a civil, as a culture, you can't let some giant corporations like the pharmaceutical industry hold that back from a suffering culture. Something has to give. And I think that's what you're seeing here is that light is just trying to burst through. So do you think that people are going to finally realize all like we got to farm- stop sucking at being humans? I mean, we just need to, to provide uh, help to people that are struggling. This and is what I'm COVID saying, though. kicked off so much. People that were on the edge of losing their shit during COVID. Oh, yeah. And they were just right there in 20, yeah. at the beginning of 2020 and are just barely holding on. Then that happens, dude. That's like pushing you off a mountain. I said that when COVID happened. Because I was like, and man, so I'm in a good position. I have a job. Couldn't get drug treatment. I can pay or, my know, bills. Go to meetings. I'm still working, all of that. You know, I didn't have a lot of the concerns. So I told my wife that when COVID first kicked off. I was like, that thought was just like snapped in my head. I was like, man, shit's going to get wild. Yeah, it's we're gonna seeing have to. a lot of the, 
the repercussions of mental health issues. And like we were talking about with Ron Holgado, Mm -hmm. uh, the parachute people, you know, his mission of uh, spreading positivity and fun and and raising awareness for mental health and just getting people together and playing with the parachute. And, you know, people like him right now are invaluable. And uh, it just, like you said, there's some kind of energy that's trying to push all this stuff through because it needs to happen. Our society is really struggling, dude. Yeah. And people need some help in this medicines. These things can help a lot of people, but the research isn't even close to be. I mean, you're years off, dude. They locked it down where, for so long. Where you're, you know, you're going to have what therapy places in Oregon. You can go, you can go do shamanic ceremonies and stuff like that in Costa Rica and in Mexico. Right. Like with our friend Amel. Right. You can go book uh, an ayahuasca retreat and go to Peru and, um, you know, there's Native American churches. There are options in the U.S. to to do this. But right. if you're a person that's like, I'm not really sitting with a shaman and doing this isn't really my thing, but someone that wants to sit down with a with in, in more of a um, – uh, I, I don't want even want to call it a professional setting, but going into like a doctor's office. Oh yeah, that'll happen. You know that's what I coming. mean? That'll if, be if the, that'll the be shamanic here. thing isn't for everybody, and that's kind of what's available now. But if you have actual places where you can go in and get this, you know, therapy and help, it's just gonna. There's more be than a one slow way. To, roll. There's more than one way to skin a cat. I mean, dude, I, our culture will change. You know it will. Yeah, I would say so. People having availability to to take psychedelics, the whole culture is going to change. When it becomes mainstream, I mean, hopefully well, the AI doesn't take we'll over see. by then. Well, yeah. And chat GPT Furbies aren't like that might be the only way to reconnect with being, being human after we all get brain implants with chips. Right. We'll just turn those off and everybody will just dose on mushrooms and <laughs> re- reconnect with being human. And then we'll turn back on our AI brain and we'll go back off to flying around. The galaxies, right? I mean, that's kind of like the whole West world. For anybody that wants West to move into a digital with, uh, world, they clearly have not taken mushrooms. Move into Wouldn't a digital world. What do you mean? Like people, transhumanists, people that really want AI, they really want this technology to and, and human beings to integrate with the machines. You know, it's it feels like that's where we're going. But I'm just wondering, like, I think, those people, I, they... I think AI is like that, if you want to talk about, like, the ultimate creation of humanity, yeah, we can create people. We can make more people, right? Right. Um, well... But to literally create something that is not natural, that doesn't occur, you know, it's not breeding a dog, it's not raising a crop, it's not... You know, this is a complete creation. Yeah. Like, from head to toe of, like... Uh, that's I don't think you're going to get people to turn off that desire. And and now, honestly, I don't think do anybody think, do will pull back the reins because the genie's already out of the bottle. Curve that a little bit, though. No, man, there's, I don't think any. I don't, there's I nothing don't you're going to do enough. to stop it. You're right. People there's aren't not. altruistic enough to care. Again, this is the whole like, you know. But if you eat a bunch of mushrooms and go walk around in a forest, you're going to forget about wanting AI to take over. 
pretty quick. Oh, again, the video of the British soldiers taking like LSD and trying to do a, a simple war training exercise, no. and they were like trying to laugh. The they had fl- and putting flowers in each other's hairs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't find like a base God, that was downrange, like a half a mile in broad view. They couldn't get to it. Like, so, yeah, I know. I mean, that's when they were looking at weaponizing LSD by, like, dropping it in, like, aerosol forms over places during war. Right. They were going to do that. And then you also have... Just make people... It's a laugh bomb. Yeah. But then you also have those stories of, like, I want to say it was in France of people eating that bread that had the mold. Ergot. Ergot. Yeah, and everybody ergot was, like, poisoning. tripping for, like, Well, the witch trials weeks. in Salem, they think that was an ergot breakout. You know, when you play the Witcher, the Witcher video games, Haven't ergot is, like, one of the hardest... In that game, one of the hardest substances to come by. There's only, like, one guy that'll sell it to you. <laughs> and pretty much you have to find it on your own yeah. in the world. But that is... I haven't gotten deep enough into that It's game. the base of LSD. I mean, well, that's... I they synthesis Albert Hoffman, which, by the way, Bicycle Day on April 19th. April 19th. Totally Bicycle missed day, that. Albert and Hoffman. 420 was, yep. is always the day after. Yep, we're a little late. Yeah, but, hey, cheers Probably to Albert time. Hoffman. Absolutely. Uh but we got one more. Yeah. This last sure. one I thought was hilarious um, because we're, we're pretty uh, big Bigfoot fans here. But apparently not as big uh, as these fifth graders that <laughs> got the uh, protection put in place for Bigfoot. Uh, this comes from the dailyworld.com. So last year, a group of uh, Lincoln Elementary fifth graders induced Grays Harbor County commissioners to declare a Sasquatch refuge and protection area in the <laughs> county. Presenting that, should the elusive biped exist, the hairy creature is at risk of extinction given the rarity of interactions with humans. This year, they've done it again. Getting students involved with civics, a subject many curriculums no longer emphasize, was a primary reason Andrews drummed up the lesson she calls saving Sasquatch. While Lincoln principal Kent Nixon called a beautiful combination of language, arts, science, and civics, it works like this. Through research, classroom conversations, and a persuasive essay, Students make their case for whether or not Bigfoot deserves government recognition. It's not until they've hashed out facts and implications of protecting the cryptid creature that they take the matter to the powers that be. The students also said there are an average of 49 Bigfoot sightings a year and many shared experiences from tall shapes moving in the woods to loud shrieks and knocks. They believe it could have been Sasquatch related. With the signing of Callum County's proclamation, there are now four Washington counties with some kind of Bigfoot-related law Grace Harbor, which supported the Lincoln students last year, Skamania, which adopted an ordinance protecting Sasquatch in 1969, and Whatcom, which uh, did the same in 1991. A 2018 bill in uh, Washington State Legislature proposed to designate Sasquatch as the official state cryptid, but was never passed. Dude, I might move if they get that. Like, if they are the first state with a state cryptid, I might be on a plane. We got to get on that, dude. Who doesn't want to live there? What's our state cryptid? Loveland Frogman. Is it that? I'm or just is it partial. Grass, is it um, that or the Grassman? Minerva Monster, the Grassman, Loveland Frogman. Yeah. Or just plain the, old Squatch. The Squatch ring? Yeah. I mean, we have the there? second largest, uh, second most Bigfoot. Yeah. We have the largest Bigfoot conference in the country here, That's which is point. coming up next weekend. If you guys are. Where's that at? Uh, it's at the Salt Fork State Park. Oh. Beautiful. Uh, um, old school lodge out there. Nice. Um, cool. Conference center, but it's, yeah, but uh, kind of bummed we're not going to be able to make it. But you should definitely go. We going? need to talk about that afterwards. You got a gig. We got a gig in Florida. But you should go. 
maybe we'll send you and your wife out there with a little budget to go hang out at Bigfoot Conference. Yeah. Hey. We'll talk about it after. Yeah. I'll go but see some Bigfoots. Bub might be at the Bigfoot Conference. I could be Repping Strange Road. I might be there. Um, I won't look like Bigfoot anymore now that I shave my beard. But yeah, Bigfoot Conference, OhioBigfootConference.com. Go check it out if you guys are interested. In How many days is that? It's one day, so it's just a one simple. day. Yeah, okay. it's Saturday. Yeah, next hey. Saturday. You know what? It would just it's a be beautiful. Your, she gonna be out She's of town? Be, uh, doing some yoga in Jamaica. Oh, that's right. That's an amazing retreat. opportunity. Yeah, she's gonna go have have some learning experience. Super cool. There's Tim letting everybody know about uh, uh, Bigfoot Conference. Tim is the Bigfoot influencer, and he's gonna be. I'll out put there. you at our booth. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, Tim knows everybody out there. I might as well go for the day. I think I'm going to be Kevin McAllister anyways, home alone. Yeah. So I might as well. do it. Yeah. You'll have a great time. I like Bigfoot. Get into a little moonshine with the Cryptid Boys. Are they going to be there too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I might have. And I think Joel Thomas, Killing Mockingbirds. All right. um, Gosh, I want to say Jeremiah might be coming out. Really? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of podcasters, and it's going to cool. be a good time. You should I go. I have to do that. All right, everybody. Bub's going to be it. at uh, Ohio Bigfoot <laughs> Conference next year. Go we're going to work it yeah. out so uh, like I can go, and hopefully Stoner can go. But yeah, um, as we kind of go along juggling the uh, the work that we do in the podcast, right. Right. we're going to get better and better at being able to do everything we want to do. We want to do everything. Yeah, we got a lot. But again, lot back to the buying calendar. Not yeah, enough time in the day, I bro. I know, I know, I know. Remember when, our, remember when our buddies stood up around the campfire, took off his, his brand watch. new watch, tossed his watch in the fire, and said, time is a waste of time? He wasn't wrong. <laughs> he still wasn't wrong to this day. He wasn't wrong. <laughs> he is not wrong. I was like, man, you make a great point, but my boss is going to want me to show up at a certain time come Monday. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm not a great employee. Yeah. <laughs> Never was. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things. <laughs> Not. Showing up late, I'm taking a long lunch, and I'm going to leave early. That's one of the funniest <laughs> things. Uh, but this has been a, an awesome, awesome episode. Thanks to everybody in hanging out with us in the chat. Thanks for stopping uh, back in. And yeah. We apologize for needing to take the hiatus, but like Mikey said, you know, uh, you still have to keep things in balance and perspective. But, you know, we'll try to be better and more proactive going yeah, forward we, and letting you know of what our periods of downtime will be. And uh, we've also tried to do a good yeah. job of just hopefully stocking up some episodes. And so we we're don't coming back with we're coming back with a fury. Our thing is we live stream everything. Yeah. So putting episodes in the can is not like our favorite. The episode we did with Burton yeah. when we premiered it was yeah. so much fun, dude. We can do that more. We need to do that more. Yeah. But you know, our episodes that we did. So we did, I don't know, five episodes in two weeks because we knew we were going to we get busy. pumped out a bunch, yeah. And we did the Cryptid Huntress. We did, uh, well, it started with Burton, then Cryptid Huntress, Ron Holgado, yep. uh, Heather Arnold, yep. uh, Adam, Russell, Adam Russell. And then we did uh, several strange, strange happenings, happenings within that. But um, we canned a bunch for Apple, Spotify, Google, um, but we pretty much live streamed all those. Yeah. So... I like those premiere episodes on YouTube. That's really fun because we get fun to go in we there get to actually like pay attention and hang to out what, with everybody. Well, we're we're a viewer rather than being in the moment of it. It's just like yeah, it's like playing music. Like you know, everybody else has a different experience from whenever I played music. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm glad you guys had a great time at the show tonight. Like I had a great time yeah. too, but we just we we both experienced it way differently. You had a great time entertaining people. They had a great yeah. time being entertained. Yeah, that's why I used to tell my wife I don't know how to dance because I used to make everybody else dance. And you're I just... an okay dancer when you get enough wiki in you. <laughs> Not as good as now, now, me, but. <laughs> 
you know, <laughs> it's okay. We're all we all have different. Uh, I can't play guitar and sing, so. Well, there you go. That's why I said it. it always worked out that I was meant to be on that side of the coin. Okay, Rolo, come on, come on. Um, I see you. Give me the eyes. Let's go. So yeah, guys, we got a bunch of awesome interviews coming up. We, we've got some awesome people booked. So stay tuned. Um, we'll try to be a little bit more active on our social media as well here the next couple of weeks so you guys know uh, what's all coming up. Yeah. But we appreciate the hell out of all you guys, everybody listening, watching, um, our, all the new members in our Facebook group, anybody that's found their way that way. Uh, thank you. And uh, we're going to sign out another episode of Strange Happenings in the book. In the it's books. good to be back. And Rolo's uh, happy of course, about it. Rolo is, uh, you know, was a good boy pretty much the entire time. <laughs> He's great today. But he sensed that the wow. show is wrapping up. He's a good guy. And uh, as always, thank you to Stoner and Disbro making everything look and sound keeping everything on track yep and we're out guys peace later everybody